0: Hey, Sean, are you there?
1: Yeah, hi, David.
2: Oh, my gosh. Uh, It is such an honor to talk to you on here. Thanks for making this work for us, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, well, I mean, thanks for having me, man. It's awesome. Uh, Absolutely. So I'll go ahead and do my intro here. So, uh, hey, everyone, welcome to the Magical Stories of Healing and Spiritual Gifts podcast. Uh, My name is David Staub. I'm here with my lovely wife, Megan. Hi there. And we are super honored to bring you someone that is just an incredible human being. I've been following him and Shauna. I think I connected with you a few years back, actually on Instagram. Uh, Maybe he just years put years ago. <laughs> about two years ago. Yeah. He's yeah, out such inspirational stuff and committed to just putting out love and gratitude and just constantly uh, a, um, a student of his craft. And he's, you know, taking something like such as addiction and turned it into not only uh, personal successes, but so many professional successes, man. I've been following you for a pretty long time. And uh, I just got to say, I appreciate you making time for us. Uh, Sean Casey is also the founder of Gift of Addiction, which is, so, I can't wait to get into this because that's such a cool concept. That's yeah. so backwards. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, welcome. man. We're so happy to have you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great to be here. And um, anytime I have an opportunity to, you know, share my story and, uh, you know, share share the truth, you know, and uh, share the spread the message, um, I'm I'm always here and ready. Awesome, man.
2: Well, again, we we appreciate it. We're happy to uh, dive dive in here. And I actually, um, you know, that's something. This is I'm really interested in this one too, just because I battle with addiction for a lot of my life. I'd say the first 28 years, heavy heavy and binge drinking. Yes. Uh, with- with with alcohol, that was my big one, man. I use that as such as, as an escape, and it just, right. dude. It was just, it, it just led to so many horrible things. But uh, it's, you know, I, I totally get the addiction aspect. So I guess to start out, man, um, yeah. tell us a bit about your childhood. How'd you grow up? Um,
1: you know, like a lot of people, uh, <laughs> it was interesting. Uh, my mom was pregnant with me at sixteen. Uh, oh wow! She was in high school. And uh, yeah, 17 years old, she had me. And uh, a year and a half later, she had my brother. And by the age of three, she had uh, already divorced my dad. And my first uh, memory was uh, in a VW bug going cross country from Connecticut to Hid Ashbury, San Francisco. This is the late 60s, right? With the big uh, hippie scene, you know, love, sex, okay. God, rock and roll yeah um, so that's um that's kind of where my first memories of my childhood began you know going cross-country and then uh living in the hate you know the whole hippie scene you know and uh, my mom and uh, uh stepdad at the time uh were very involved with the the whole movement so um, i was right in the mix of a lot of lsd smoke filled rooms and marijuana having joints passed to me at you know four or five years old and oh also um you know, also, uh, you know, kind of getting into the Bible. We had Bible study every weekend over in, uh, Marin County. So we'd cross the Golden Gate Bridge and go over there. And so that was kind of my first, uh, you know, dive in any kind of spirituality. And it was, uh, it was happy times, believe it or not. Those were my happiest childhood times were when we lived there, we were, uh, we lived in a very small apartment, but, You know, life was good, man. There were people were happy, and uh, good things were happening. So um, that's where my early, early childhood began. And uh, yeah, Um, do you have want any insights? Do you want me to to carry on? I mean, I can.
2: Yeah, sure, man. So from there, uh, that's awesome. uh, By the way, I guess from there went. When did uh, you know a lot of the things that we found in, in launching this podcast and finding people that have dealt with some of these tough things in life is uh, not all of it, but a lot of it can be traced back to some trauma oh, they yes. may have dealt with at at a at an early age oh, yeah. that uh, comes back in in a very different, oh, scary yeah. form later on in life. And
1: so what, uh, what what traumas have you dealt with at, at uh, in your younger years? Well, uh, my stepdad got ill, so. Hmm five almost six years old my mom was having my 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 her third son my half brother and she said listen you know your dad's not well we're gonna ship you back to connecticut with your biological father so my brother and i were put on an airplane and we flew back and my dad was engaged to get married so he had his uh, fiance her son he was a successful sales guy making tons of money Brand new house, brand new Jaguar and Cadillac in the driveway. So, total contrast. So I went straight, right. You That's know. what
2: I'm thinking. I'm like, whoa! What so, a
1: freaking shock. But along with, the <laughs> along what came with that was um, a lady that was very, very unhappy that his two biological sons were coming, and that is when the wrath mm-hmm. hit me. Uh, my whole mm-hmm. life turned upside down and uh, a lot of abuse, uh, intense. Mm-hmm physical emotional mental I mean the point of being tied and beat until passed out you know I, I don't know how elaborate you want me to get on here but um you know it was just it was uh it was intense uh, my whole oh life my changed gosh. and uh you know we didn't have any social it was kind of like shopping every day you know the report Anyway, it's just um I think you know the most important thing for listeners to know there's just you know here was a young boy that you know, it just shattered. I mean, it was continuous, uh, intense uh, abuse, childhood abuse. My my dad couldn't help it, but let her win. Uh, Hmm. You know, we're disrupting her life. He doesn't have to deal with us. So she's going to be in control of the situation. And then of course, you know, he chimed in and kind of went, you know, did what he did too. So um, that was kind of the beginning of the end for me, as far as (laughs) emotionally and mentally. And uh, mm. two years later, my, my mom and my stepdad and my half brother came out to visit us. And by the time she left, she was just in tears. My stepdad said, and that she mm. knew she had to get us out of there." Mm. Uh, so fast forward, we uh, within a few months after being there a couple years, uh, we moved in with her and her mom's. They didn't have enough resources to buy a house. So we ended up living in a middle, nice middle class neighborhood with my grandmother. But for whatever reason, um, the transition of, even though there was a lot of abuse and unhappiness and craziness, um, mm-hmm. you know, I had a good lifestyle with my, my real dad. And so yeah. I went back to having nothing again. And I kind of looked down on my stepdad for that. And for mm-hmm. whatever reason, that triggered him and the abuse continued, man. Oh, I mean, no. I was by second. Let's just bother by second grade at seven years old. I was that kid that was going to school with bruises all over him. And they didn't know what was going on with me. They put Gosh. me in therapy. They put me there. And then so that is when I call. Um, I've totally went from early high childhood trauma to disconnection, isolation and survival. Um, mm. I, I couldn't trust anybody. You know, the people that are supposed to love you abused me. My mom didn't protect me, so I couldn't trust her. Um, the only saving grace I had was my grandmother. She was somebody that was kind of like an angel, man. She just um, she was there for me. You know, she was the one kind of saving grace through my early childhood that kind of oh. back as much as I mean, even to the point faking she had heart attacks and stuff just so some of the beatings would stop. You know, so oh, uh, what yeah. an angel, man. You know, for me, my childhood. My release was sports. That's where I could kind of—I I was very—I uh, was a great athlete. Yeah. So that kind of got me out in, in you know in my head and gave me a release. And um, what else? Yeah, man. And then of course, because of that, right? The authority figures—the first 30 figures in your life—I, um, you didn't want to be my teacher. Any authority Hello. figure got a wrath from this kid. I mean, I was always in trouble. So it's kind of funny, right? You know, (laughs) you get abused, but then I just looked for that negative attention, right? In my mind, I had already a belief that I was a screw up. So what did I do? I continued to screw up, right? You know? Yeah. In school, I screwed up. I thought I was always getting in trouble out of school, into mischief and uh, hanging out with the wrong people. And uh, it just continued. And then by sixth grade, you know, I had my first drink and Mm. Well, my first conscious drink. My dad said at three yeah. I had my first drink, <laughs> so wow. I went to, to a bar and drank a whole beer. So, and then of course at five years old, I you know back in Haight Ashbury, I had a wh- but consciously first drink yeah. in sixth grade felt awesome. Wow. Yeah, so my energy was there. I could be myself. I came out of my shell. I didn't feel any of the anxiety, the depression, the you know that I went my daily life with right. And so yeah. that kind of kicked it off. You know, by that time. Um, seventh grade and then we moved to a rural and i started just hanging out with older people and all i cared about was getting high you know went from alcohol to marijuana to pills to you know it just accelerated um yeah and of course school went i was living back and forth not living at home living with friends and um yeah it just um it continued and um
2: yeah, man. That's that's for I me, mean, that's and as a kid, you gotta be like it's 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 so tough to fathom because it's like why? You know, you're so young. Right. You have no idea why the heck this is happening. Like you didn't right. do anything wrong. So there's all these cycle I mean, I don't know if you heard Megan's story, but she yeah, had a
3: your story resonates big time with me. I mean, my yeah. mom was you know, she had me at seventeen, my grandmother saved me also and I was Yeah severely abused as a child for many years right. and like listening yes. to your story i'm like oh man i freaking get it i get like what you went through and why you acted out in the way you did because i would go to my grandmother's in the summer and they'd be like she's not the same little girl and i would like yeah. throw tantrums and man i it's crazy to listen to your story it really oh, is
2: yeah. yeah i'm listening so i'm sitting i'm like this is just like me well yeah story. well it's my crazy.
1: my upcoming book you'll there'll be more details and more other stories, but you know, the gist of it is that right. You know, I right. Was, you know, I was traumatized as a kid. And then what do you do? You start acting out. And my, you know, as they say, by seven years old, your subconscious mind is hardwired. And so wow. my, wow, my limiting beliefs were in full tilt, low self-esteem, insecurity and anger. I was yeah. so angry yes. as a young kid. And so, you know, I just acted out that anger always, which got me into trouble. And
4: then
1: oh, yeah. um, I didn't. I ended up, long story short, my my dad, my stepdad, I guess, was dealing drugs. I didn't really know that. Mm. And at age was 16 or 17, um, I came home. My mom was really stressed. I'm like, what's going on, mom? Oh, you did nothing, nothing. And then finally, she's like, well, yeah, your dad's doing a deal. He's going to make a lot of money, but he's not home yet. He was supposed to be home a couple hours ago. And oh I'm my like, God. You know, i said everything's gonna work out i said just chill i went in the bedroom with my girlfriend and about 45 minutes later my mom's like get out get up here Sean!" <laughs> and there's two dea agents um at the door with my stepdad they're walking up we had to oh, leave the house shit. so he got busted for a couple i don't know i guess it was a couple trash cans full of hashish and um oh. At the time, of course, marijuana hash, it's, it was illegal. It was big time. I mean, that's. Um... Yeah. So he was going to go to prison. And so instead of going to prison, he decided to take off. He was from Edinburgh, Scotland, and he had citizenship in Europe. So he um, he scooted, man. It's be- just before he was supposed to go to court, he uh, he left the country. And then my brother went to California with some friends, family friends. And then my, my youngest brother stayed with my my mom. And I went back to my grandmother's in West Hartford, a suburban town in Connecticut, out of the rural area. But I was so into my addiction. I couldn't hold the job. I was stealing money wherever I was. My grandmother's mm. jobs dropped. Finally, you know, one day in school, I'm like, what am I doing going to school? <laughs> oh, wow. School because I would go to school and find people to go party with and then leave school. And that was a daily right. occurrence. So finally, I just said, you know. I got it. I'm dropping out. So I didn't, I started the 11th grade. And by the third month of 11th grade, I was, I was done. And then someone gave me the idea. They said, hey, they said, you know, if you're 17, you can go in the military. And I was like, you know what? That might be a bad (laughs) thing for a guy like me. You know, I don't know where the hell I'm going. I'm lost. Right. I'm I'm drunk and high every day on something. I thought to myself all right we're gonna do this so first I looked at the Marines then I was gonna go in the Army and then I took an ASVAB test I did well on everything but math needed a little help so I got a tutor retook the test the only people that could get me in quickly was the Navy they could get me in within six weeks so I said that's it I'm going in the Navy they get me in six yep. weeks went and um, I was based in uh, San Diego which was awesome because I always wanted to leave the East Coast. I hated the dark, I hated the winter. Hence, I'm living in Seattle, Washington, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> okay. um, so there I went at 17. I had my mom to sign off and uh, went to San Diego boot camp, got in a lot of trouble there, but I did finish boot camp, <laughs> but it didn't matter. I, I loved it when I got in trouble because they, they just worked me out. They worked me out. And that's another thing, you know, <clears throat> I started working out at 15, 16. I did athletics, But my dream after reading Arnold Schwarzenegger's book was to be a competitive bodybuilder and to run or own a gym. That was my dream. Go to California. So, you know, being over in San Diego, I was like, oh, God, I'm a little closer to really what I want to (laughs) do. But I was a long ways from that. And we went on, uh, um, it's called a Westpac. So I got on a Navy ship, went on a Westpac, and I decided not to... uh, not to come back one day in the Philippines because Philippines is kind of like back then it was the adult Disneyland. I mean, yeah. sex, you're got it. alcohol, drugs, for hardly and any it, money. So if you don't mind me
2: asking you real quick, I forgot to make, I was going to ask for anyone, anyone listening, John um, Casey is absolutely um, champion bodybuilder uh, for anyone listening. I mean, this is the epitome of a powerhouse and a bodybuilder. So when did all that start? I didn't mean to interrupt your story. I want you to continue there in the Philippines. No, no, no. um, For
1: me, it was 15. Believe it or not, the catalyst for me starting to weight train, I think it was 15 or 16, 15, 16 years old, was one day my stepdad came out, called me a lazy F, F in this and F in that, and said I was a lazy piece of shit, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He said, your brother's, you know, you're, you're scrawny, scrawny. And then I was hanging out with some older guys that were lifting and drinking with, and I said, i started lifting the first day i was so sore i felt like my my chest was going to rip and i was hooked that oh was yeah within a short time my body just responded and um then i got weights my i just it started from there and then i read arnold's book and it's like everything i let go in my life sports education but i continued even though i was a druggie i continued yeah. to lift man if i could make it yeah. to the gym everything was okay life was good i was going to survive it was just my my refuge my mental emotional spiritual refuge man it was just yeah no matter what's going on in my life if i get my workout in everything's going to be okay and so um, yeah that's when it started when i was a teenager and it continued it continued in the military i worked out a, and it's kind of like i got my self-esteem from that i feel confidence because i looked good i was strong and so it was the one thing in my life, and it was also good for my mental health because you know I know more now what it does to the brain. But um, yeah, so
2: you, you brought you brought that into the Disneyland of adults in the Philippines. All ah. right, back to the Philippines. <laughs> yeah, so, so you I, just I, you just freaking stayed there. Like what's, yeah, I was in the ring, well, by the it's, way. it's I was really for myself. So I'm trying to think of this. You just you just stayed. Please tell me about this.
1: Yeah, you can't. It's unauthorized <laughs> really? absence. You get in big trouble <laughs> if you don't go to, back to work on the ship. So I hooked up with, you know, this girl hanging out with her and she turned me on. I was looking for heroin. And then um, she had these pills that were similar to that. So for three days, I just hung out at her house and got high and and had fun. And, right. uh, and I, well, we're leaving port in a few days. I'm going to get back. And so I had packed a bunch of drugs on me, a bunch of these pills. Oh. Fortunately, fortunately, this, fortunately, I had didn't have underwear for some reason but I had a jock strap it's so funny I don't know why but I had one <laughs> so it enabled me to like pack it tight you know because anyone that's done sports knows a jock strap it's right up in there oh so yeah I, I wrestled have, too <laughs> but I'm going to a military base so there's military cops Marines Navy right there and they' and I'm like saying shoot they're searching some of these people oh, so my, my anxiety so all these thoughts are going from my, through my mind none of them were good.
2: You know, I have anxiety so. right now, listening to
1: this. <laughs> oh, so, yes. the closer I get to the base, I'm like, oh, my heart's going, everything. And then, what do you think happens? I'm fearing the very thing that I feared. I got, they're like, shit, they're searching me. And I oh. thought to myself, I thought, I'm, I'm, I'm going down. I'm in big trouble. Yeah. I'm uh, not bringing drugs onto a military base. I don't know. I'm, oh. I don't know what's going to happen to me? But they patted me down, and for some reason, I went through. Uh, walk, what? And I was, I, it, I, mean, I had like about six, seven of these. I mean, they're pills, but in this material, you know, plastic, whatever it was. But I, they just felt it, and because it was so connected to my body, I guess they just, I wasn't supposed to happen. So I wow. walk on the base, then wow. the master at arms of the police of the the navy. Because they showed my ID and they said, we need, we're, we're looking for you, the Master Arms. So they handcuffed me, bring me up to the office. They P-test me. Of course, I come up positive for drugs. They said, listen, you know, for what's going on with you, we could kick you out. But since this is the first time this has happened to you, we're going to give you an opportunity to go to drug rehab. And if you pass through that, you'll you know, get back on your feet, get back into your work. So um, I went to drug rehab, but I had to stay on the boat a few a few days uh, prior and I couldn't go out, I was restricted. So what do you think a guy like me did? I said, you know what, I'm gonna connect with some of my friends and I'm gonna have them bring a girl on board so I can still have fun even though I can't. So. <laughs> You'll read about that in my book. but It's just another. I was thing gonna your I mind, would, dude. I, I, your mind just—you
2: have such an incredible mind. I, it's interesting to listen to how it's used for total getting with mischief in your early years. So here
1: I am. That's that right? that strategy. That drugs, takes intelligence. And I'm, still thinking, <laughs> I'm still thinking somehow I'm gonna get over on it, and, and it worked. Geez. I bribed my friends for a couple of times, and there was a little porthole up there, and, and uh, yeah, true story. Oh, so. God. um but I went to rehab. I went over there, I flew over there from Philippines to uh, Miramar Base in San Diego Air Force Base where they have a it was a six six, eight week program, I think it was six weeks. And um, I did not think I was an addict. I was a young guy. I liked to drink and party, but I wasn't an addict. I wasn't an alcoholic. And of course. Small group. Let's talk about you know your family and everything. I'm like, oh, life, yeah. you know, life is good, man. I didn't know what to talk about. <laughs> uh, but I had a good attitude. I had a great attitude. It was a great experience. They um, had a PT test every week. You know how many push-ups, pull-ups, the two-mile run. Um, and so anyway, I won it every week. And then the six weeks, they had the big thing, and I won the whole thing. So that you know, I was I was happy, right? I could we had the yeah. Workout thing going, and um, but uh, at the same time, my last week there, this is something I've dealt with my whole life. Is um, I couldn't almost get out of bed because my sciatica was so bad. And I've had issues with my spine since I was a kid. So that was kind of the beginning of my journey of trying to manage pain in my body. So um, that was kind of part of that journey. And you'll read about that. But um, yeah, so I just want to fast forward here because, you know, this I don't know if this is interesting to you guys or you want to ask me different (laughs) questions, but I'll continue my journey here, man. Yeah, man. Keep rocking. I'm loving this. This is Um, great. So I went through re- I went through boot camp. Everything was good. They said, "All right, you're good." And um, one year, you're going to get p tested every week. And I'm like, oh, "That's cool, man. I can drink. I don't have to do drugs. Drinking's really? cool. I mean, I can just whatever. I can get over it." Yeah. So not too long, about a month after, we went out to see for, up to San Francisco for a couple of weeks, and uh, on the way back, my buddy's like, "Hey," he's like. You know, if you shoot cocaine in your veins, it will be out of your body within three days. It's gonna be oh in and out. It's gosh. not like it's snorted it where it stays in your system. So at first I was like, come on, man, that's that's a yes, you know. And then I'm like she's like, No. So of course the you know, my addict mind was like, All right, let's go <laughs> for it. he's right, you know, I just justified it. So did that, it was I got super high, but it's um Monday, I go in for the P-Test. Later that week, you need to go see the Master at Arms. I'm like, all right, I know it's Oh, is about.
0: shit.
1: So I'm pop, man. Cocaine, positive for cocaine. Um, oh. At the same time this was going on, I'd been hanging off base, and I had bumped into a teenage friend. Uh, no, yeah, a teenage friend that I'd gone to high school with all the way out in San Diego. I was, I couldn't believe it. And so I was partying with him and hanging out with him. And he was up to, <laughs> he was up to some stuff. I was like, does this guy work? Not work. Anyway, he was, um, he was what's called uh, hustling. Uh, yeah. Hustling. And it's more like kind of gay for pay. um okay. Stuff. And so he, I was like, wow, what's that about? And so he, I kind of kept connected with him because <laughs> after I got popped with cocaine, I spent the last 30 days in the brig um, oh. booted out. Yeah, I went to Captain's Mass, and they're like, you're, you know, you're out. You failed the test. I didn't get a dishonorable discharge. I got called an other than honorable, and I was kind of relieved. I mean, it was like I spent the last 30 days in the brig, the jail, and I didn't get any pay. I mean, I, I walked out, but I was a free man. I was walking off the base, and I'm like, you know what? I got a new chapter. The, it wasn't – the military was not for me.
2: Right. And you didn't get Uh, dishonorable. That's great. No.
1: Yeah. So, and I got my GED when I was in there. That was one of the first things I did. And so I was, but I didn't have anywhere to stay. So Andy had set me up with this, uh, his friend, he said, listen, for a month, you can stay with my buddy. But then when in a month, you know, you got to get on your your two feet. Cause I had, I think I had $600 to my name. Yeah. I I was 19 at this point. And so I didn't know what I was doing. So I got a, I got a job I couldn't hold on to that job. I got fired. I started doing more and more drugs. Mm-hmm. And then I started hanging out with some some girls that were into some wild S&M stuff. And just in and out. I mean, this is just kind of where, where my, my life landed. Yeah. And my friend was like, you know, you can, people are looking at you. People are interested in you. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> and I'm like, and I said, well, you know, I can't. I can't do that. I said, I'm, you know, I'm heterosexual. I can't Right, right. Do that stuff. But I haven't really talked about this live like this. So this is like the first time you're going to read a lot of this in my book. but
2: Dude, uh, no, I appreciate the vulnerability. This kind of vulnerability uh, as
1: hard as it is hard. So, it's for it other people. So, so that's, this is where my addiction, I couldn't hold a job. I couldn't have any money. And I said, all right, well, and he said, well, look at, I can, I can turn you on a, make $100 right now for just practically nothing and so I just said no I can't do it but I did I I fell into it I did that and then I was on the streets you know basically selling my body man and to um and and you know initially it was it was men and later on I'll, I'll continue and um so that's where my life was I mean I was basically hanging out with junkies yeah. For a hundred dollars in someone's couch and then selling my body, and so, Stop um, up. I continue to do that, and then I, I kind of went through my own um, exploration as far as what is my sexuality, because it bothered. Right. me It's just like, mm-hmm. you know, look, I love women, and I'm, I'm not into guys. And I thought, is it a mental block? Am I? But it's mm-hmm. not really working. And so, I you know I did my own research with somebody, and I'm just like, I'm just not. But I guess this is where my life is and you know what the money's too easy i'm just going to continue to ride this wave because it's working for my life right now yeah so i hung out in san diego and then we um on the weekends my friends said listen if you want to make real money i can introduce some people in la los angeles i'm like okay so then i went up there and then i made as much money on a weekend on santa monica boulevard because that's kind of back in the 80s that's where it all happened Just like a block away from Sunset Boulevard and um, I would go up there on weekends make my money come back to San Diego and party well after a few weeks of that I was like what am I doing staying in San Diego right and and then in the process one night day out on the street somebody this guy drove up and he says what are you doing on the street and I said you know what I'm doing and he said listen why don't you jump in the car here and we're gonna talk about you making some real money and I'm like okay (laughs) <laughs> so he's just threw a bunch of cocaine on my nose, and he's chatting with me. He says, "Listen, I run an agency. It's a high end agency, and you know, men, women, the whole thing. And um, you know, I, you want to work? I'll put you to work tonight." And so it's like, boom! My whole life just changed. I went from you know being on the streets to going to the the finest hotels in Beverly Hills. Wow! And, you know, and you know, and you're. And I don't really drop a lot of names in my book because Correct. that's not what my book and story is about. But I saw a lot of, you know, Hollywood people, producers, actors, people that Whoa. you wouldn't even know, uh, you know, are into that stuff. So um, but for me, it was like kind of like kind of mind blowing. It's like, you know, <laughs> you know, from yeah. At, and then um, so I was more nervous about, you know, all these the, the glitz and the glamour. And I'm just like, geez, I'm just this kid 19 years old but okay i guess if you know people are in this and there's this money i'm just going to kind of continue so um that uh, i learned a lot about life i learned so much i mean there's so much because nothing well i had a couple bad experiences but overall i came out healthy through that whole journey that you know sex and i got into not only prostitution but i got into pornography and um but it didn't take me down you know i was able some. Uh, a girl came into my life where I was married and she was very influential to helping me out of the industry. Yeah. And, and um, you know, my passion was always, you know, the fitness. And so um, that's what I transitioned. You know, I got a job at the, at the gym. I think I'm just going to fast forward. I, I don't know how deep you want me to get into all that stuff. Yeah. Well,
2: um, I guess my, my question would be, you, you mentioned there was a turning point. It was like this come to God moment that you knew that you had to change like when did that happen okay. can you talk me through that Yeah, i sure can
1: so this is what i did i got all right i got a job at the gym in a very short time well and it was i was just a floor trainer man i was just saying and i was still doing the other stuff on the side but when a couple of the sales guys were out of town i was taking tours and the general manager is like how are you closing all these sales i said what do you mean i'm just taking people around the gym and they're joining he goes that just doesn't happen you're you're doing something and you're closing sales so he's like i want you to sell i'm like okay i want to sell and then once he kind of was like yeah you can sell i was like all right i have a skill with something i grabbed right onto so then i started reading the books even you know going to workshops starting to go to seminars and everything you know so i um um became good at this my craft and my skill and and then it got to the point where somebody that was in the industry, got a job at our gym in West Hollywood and said that when he left, he says, listen, I've been around people and you are the best in the industry. And this is the guy that won for like Bally's Fitness, a national sales thing. And he just said, look at you, you're better than I, you, you sell. He says, you should be making a shit ton of money. I don't know what you're doing, still sticking around here. And I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah. So I got my suit, got someone to help me with a resume I tried to go look for other jobs, and I was still only 22 at this time. And so um, I didn't want to get in a suit. I loved the gym business. That was my passion. That was my love. And so I just decided, you know what? I'm not going to do it. I am not I don't want to go do sales for some company. I want to do fitness, and I want to stay in this business, in this industry. And then um, I remember someone said, well, why don't you make it a goal to have your, you know, be the general manager, or part owner of your own gym? And I'm like, the guy's never going to leave.
4: <laughs> yeah. So I
1: chuckled because... After I set that goal, four weeks later, I got a call from the owner. It was just basically the financial guy. He was never even there. And he said, I'm letting go of the general manager. He says, do you think you can run my business? And I said, of course I can. I know I can. I'm Yeah, let's go. Wow. So at 23, I got an opportunity to be general manager, part owner of, of a health club in West Hollywood. And so I was ecstatic. You know, I had read the books. I did the work, I set my goals. And so here it was, right? I was living my dream and wow. I, I didn't get into the bodybuilding because at this point I had already competed in my friend. That's a different story where I was strung out on heroin and I was in jail. And then I, you know, I kind of had my first moment of truth. And I said, I wanted to run a gym of bodybuilding. And that was kind of the turning point that led me to where I am now. Um, and so, here, yeah, and then I was making more money than I was ever making. And so about three, four months into this position, I mean, I, the gym couldn't go out he couldn't sell the gym the gym was in bad shape and i turned it around but after about four months into it you know i've been working my butt off i thought why don't i, I want to feel better and i thought why can't i just go have a little bit of cocaine and a few drinks mm. that's what i thought yeah and i thought why not it wasn't it was bad things were great i just wanted to help me. i'm feeling good i want to feel better so yeah. I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna go do some coke well fast forward six months from that i was full-blown back into my addiction again. Oh. Coke every day, free basing again, staying up vendors three nights in a row uh, oh. all weekend, turning on my employees to cocaine, leaving a pile of Coke in my office, telling people, hey, man, you want to go there and get a line? You can, blah, blah, blah. And, oh. uh, and uh, so <laughs> one night in my office, I, um, I just, something clicked in me. And I said, look at man, this is happening. See, that's what I like to tell people. This is, this all happened unconsciously. I didn't wow. know that was going to happen. I thought, hey, I reprogrammed myself. I read all the books. I, I created this. I manifested this. I am living the dream. Mm-hmm. Six months later, I'm going to lose it all. Yeah, I'm going to lose everything I had worked hard for. Yeah. And so that night. And I always, I didn't talk about this, but you know, I've always had this connection. You want to call it with God, your spirit, whatever. And it, 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 you know, obviously in my addiction, I was just kind of running unconsciously, but the connection was always there for me. It's just, I wasn't choosing to listen to it and I wasn't choosing to really be guided by it. Mm. And so on that night I looked at myself deeply in the mirror and I reviewed my whole life and I said to myself, you know what? I am smart enough. I'm good enough. But I'm I'm fucked up. I'm, a, I'm an addict. I'm a drug head, man. I said, mm-hmm. there's no way I can change. I have a broken brain. How am I going to change my brain if it's broken? I said mm-hmm. to myself, the only way I can do this is by, <laughs> I got on my knees, man. And I prayed and I asked God. I said, listen, yeah. I, said, I don't know how to live. I don't know how to love. But I need you to show me the way. And I was ready yeah. I just, that was it. That was my commitment to myself and to a new way of living. Cause I didn't know, like, I just didn't want to lose everything that I worked so hard for. And I didn't want to start over again and looking at my reviewing my life and seeing my patterns of trying to get myself together only to fall back in this whole loop, this whole negative loop. And, um, I didn't know. And I, so, you know, I started off, I called it early in my, my spiritual journey, kind of my healing journey to loving myself because I didn't know how to love myself. I got abused as a kid, and believe it or not, even though the drugs felt good, it was just another form of abuse. Yeah. And so, you know, so I talk about, you know, when you take away your addiction, that's why I don't believe addiction is a disease. I believe yep. it is a learned behavior. Now, can you get addicted to drugs physiologically, mentally, emotionally? Sure you can. But when you take them away and you detox, and you get it out of your system, and your brain becomes clear again, It's just a choice and they but it's a learned choice. So it's so ingrained to you that when you get emotionally triggered, you go to that feel-good thing. All right, I don't care if it's sex, if it's food, if it's you know, drama, but whatever it is. Yep, Yep. yeah, whatever that thing that's gonna make you feel good and, and back to your comfortable place where you've always been and always have gone. That is what the addiction is. It's just a coping mechanism. So when you take that away, you must feel it. Wow. Kid, your gift your purpose your you know your spirit you must fill it with love love hmm. for yourself and that doesn't mean you know all the pretty stuff that means you know personal accountability looking hard at your life and the choice and decisions you're making on a daily basis and that's why i call it you know the daily practice of being conscious not only conscious of your intentions of your purpose and moving forward and your goals You have to be conscious of those limiting beliefs and those emotional triggers that have kept you going back and forth into your loop. You have have both. You can't fool it because I tried that. I did. I manifested Mm -hmm. my dream only to end up sabotaging it almost a year later. Wow. How do you do that? You don't do it consciously, believe me, but it's so ingrained in you, you're more comfortable being that fuck up. Excuse me. Like that's that's what I was more comfortable from. Yeah, it's like I didn't deserve a good life. I didn't deserve to be making all kinds of money, having a good life, living my job, loving what I was doing. No, I wasn't good enough for that. I wasn't lovable, you know. Hmm. Wow. So, and that night, and that began my whole new journey. And then a whole bunch of things came in order for me. I mean, so, you know, I, I ended up staying at the gym. I told the owner what I was doing. He said, great, as long as you can keep things rolling, Sean, just take care of yourself and do what you need to do. And I did. And then I made all his money that he lost, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I expanded the gym. And the deal was, once that happened, he would sell me the whole gym 100%. And he gave me that opportunity. Um, But about six months prior to that opportunity, him giving that to me, I had hired a weekend manager who did numerology, astrology, and a bunch of other things, even some kind of psychic stuff. And he validated i'd never been into this stuff and he did my charts and everything and i didn't say a word to him and he validated because my spirit was guiding me away from la and the job i didn't know where i was going and i was like here i am you know i was going to own the whole gym and business and what would that lead to i had investments going i mean i was a young guy like i had things going on but i was being guided away from la away from you know the gym and everything and so I was very conflicted and wow but I told myself I said I am going to follow my inner guidance I'm going to follow God that we're guiding and so you know I I let it go and and another thing that happened to me which I, I want people to hear this because they can maybe relate I had never had a platonic relationship with a woman up to that point and If you hung out, if I hung out with girls and we partied and we're we're attracted to each other, we're going to sleep together. And so I had never not only had sober sex, but I didn't have girls in my life that I didn't have sex with. If you were my friend, we had sex. You know, it wasn't that I pushed it on; It just happened. It was a natural thing. But what happened to me is going out on a couple dates sober. I went home with a date and, you know, in the midst of getting active. And I would close it down this little voice that you don't have to be here. You don't have to do this. I did that to two people. And then I finally said, you know what? I can't do this to the women and I can't do this to myself. I can't put myself in situation." So I decided that I was going to learn to have platonic relationship for women. And I did that for three years. Wow. Now, I'm not saying that I'm saying that you have to do what I did, but I needed to do what I need to do because I needed to learn how to have a real relationship a non-sexual platonic relationship with females um, wow. and so that's when so we sold the gym to somebody else i got a chunk of money and i took a month holiday to hawaii maui and after a, a month i was like i'm single i have money why do i need to go back to la why don't i just live here yeah, so I decided to stay on Maui, and I went through a lot, a lot of deep healing. I did a lot of workshops, a lot of spiritual energy work, a lot of you know stuff that in the box therapy and out of the box stuff, sweat lodges, you know, guided shaman stuff. So it's um, that, that is, awesome. I got to do a lot of healing. But the thing about it me is, I lived for the first year or two on Maui like a monk, and I didn't need to. I lived in like a 300 square foot thing. I lived on a wood plank. Um, I, I brought this car that was just, they call him a Maui cruiser. I don't know why I went through this period where, I guess on some conscious level, I thought for me to be a spiritual loving person, I had to give up all material stuff, you know? And I mean, I'm sure other people have gone through this too, but I did, I just, I was reading a lot of Eastern philosophy, a lot of Buddha stuff and reading about monks and I just, was like, all right, I'm stripping everything and I'm not going to have anything but just the basic needs. I'm going to eat, do this. So, yeah. Uh, but then I came out of that and I was just like, listen, I don't have to suffer to be spiritual. Right. I can have a good life and I can be a <laughs> loving, good person. And, yes. Um, but you'll read about that my book. It's just, you know, it was my journey. I went, these are my experiences that I chose to go through to learn about myself and life and. Hello. You know, so, but Maui was um, incredible. The first few years there were just a lot of deep healing, releasing a lot of trauma. Um, Did any of that involve plant medicine down there? I heard you say shaman, um, so You know, because I was so on my recovery journey from yeah. addiction, I just didn't. You know, I, I no, didn't. that's absolutely. So, but um, I know you mentioned that in one of your questions. When I was younger, I mean, I I did a lot of psychedelics and um, mushrooms and different things. Um, but... Every everyone heals in, in different ways. I love that uh, you were
2: able to do all that healing just naturally. And you said with energy work too, and I, I love
3: Reiki. Or, like, did you have Reiki?
1: Oh yeah, just and I just saw a lot of uh, a lot of healers, and and then just oh. a lot of and a lot of work on myself just through being out in nature, hiking, um, a lot of just wonderful spiritual people that came into my life and just, you know, being able to have deep conversations and just release a lot of past stuff. But de- definitely I got worked on. I mean, I, am a big believer of that. You know, we hold, as you know, trauma in our body. So I oh, always yeah, had a yeah. lot of body work, rolfing work, heller work. I mean, just, um, energy work. I mean, it's just acupuncture. I mean, for years yeah. I have, um, and it's you know especially rolfing was the one uh, modality that really helped me release a lot of trauma in my body
2: could you explain Uh, that i'm I'm actually i does i don't sound it doesn't sound too familiar to me could you explain what that is
1: well rolfing it's uh ida rolf is the lady that uh, is the founder of of rolfing and they have a school they might have more schools but the one uh, school was in colorado and what it is is fascia covers her body look at it as a fishnet that just covers all our muscle right so if there is anything that is bunched up in that fascia it's going to inhibit movement right it's going to inhibit things moving and flowing and energy too it's you know stagnant energy as well as how your joints move and the function of your body so what rolfing will do is go in there and open up that fascia and bring it back to its natural state it's like you know our bodies are in a sense plastic right so we can Get in there and, and move and transform things, and so when that happens, you're going to release some energy. So, you know, if there's been trauma in there, it's gonna it's gonna be released. Wow! And it's a little different. It's a different technique than like deep tissue massage or massage. Okay. Um, and so just you know you can research it, but yeah, that's something Absolutely. I've done for like 30 years, and it's um, it's been um, it's been awesome for me on a lot of levels, physical, emotional, yeah
2: that's um, amazing no thanks for sharing that i've actually never heard of that we'll
1: have to look that up yeah and there's different practitioners I mean, there's a series you can do where they work on different parts of your body like a 12 series and then there's also i mean you just get specific work done you know whatever's going on with you but it's all connected you know if there's something going on with your foot there's probably something going on with your shoulder you know it's like it's all kind of connected so you yeah know. man well you, but yeah but go ahead yeah go ahead no go ahead um, no. So yeah, um, I just, I got into a, a lot of writing. I went back to college when I went to Maui. I can't sit still. I mean, <laughs> I, uh, I can't. I, I mean, I, the, the novelty of, you know, swimming, going to the beach, meditating, hiking. I mean, I just felt like I needed to get back on board with uh, more of a purpose. And so I went to college for psychology. But my third year going back, I decided I'm not going through this big school thing to get a degree to go to work. So that's when I decided to get more into uh, coaching and personal training um, because I said I can take my natural skills and ability, which I've always had. See, with sales, I always get, went much deeper with people. I mm-hmm. always was connecting to them on a deeper, more spiritual level and them telling me everything about them. And, and that's the thing. Like I can sit down with somebody and just feel their energy and I'm going to get all the information about that person. I don't call yep. it really psychic. I just it's a gift I've had since I've been a little kid. Mm-hmm. so I you know and a lot of times I'll see things and everything but I really ask only to be able to see what I can help people with because mm-hmm. I was starting to see entities and other things around people and other dimensions but it kind of was a distraction for me I mean some people kind of maybe they like that and maybe want to go deeper into that but for me I'm like I only want to see things that I know that I can help people and if I you know these other dimensions go in there because as well as good stuff, there's dark stuff out there too, which I found. And that's you know kind of when I shut it down for my, I just asked God to remove it from me. Wow, yeah. wow. Um, but in saying that, I have this gift, right? So I thought, all right, I wanna work with people that wanna change, because what I realized being a therapist, a lot of times you're just working with people that just wanna stay where they're at. Yeah. But I thought, you know, I love the body and I love the fitness. And I thought, you know, I'll use the body as the medium. Start moving people, moving their energy, getting them feeling better, looking better. And then, of course, they start opening up and then I can also engage what's going on inside them and always, of course, connecting them to their spirit. See, that's my thing. Mm-hmm. You know, my thing is, you know, being a catalyst for people to start their inner journey. And oh. to know that You know, all the answers, all the solutions your strengths, your purpose. I mean, that's just that we all have, we have it all already. We were born and blessed with it at birth. I mean, it's just, and that's my philosophy. And so it's always for me is bringing people in. And then of course, you know, you got to to have faith, you have to have courage and you have to have discipline for this faith because you might not believe it, but you feel it. So you take the action, right? And then the courage to work through the shit that comes up, your trauma, limiting beliefs, your fear, whatever that is going, you know, your darkness, if you want to hold your shadows. And then, um, and then the discipline, because it takes daily discipline to be conscious of your thoughts, of how you feel, of your behaviors and what you're thinking. And if you want to reprogram yourself, you must repetitiously,
3: hmm.
1: basically reprogram yourself with your purpose, with positivity and, and so on, and your affirmations and your gratitude. And, you know, that's part of my program. You know your morning and evening rituals, and so um, it's if you don't set yourself up for that, unconsciously you will just go back to your old ways. I mean, you know, th- we're living in a day where people are still looking for the quick fix. You know, you see it on the inter- you know, the Instagram or the you. I mean, everyone's selling their path, and you know, and and there's a lot of great stuff out there, but it, <laughs> you're talking to somebody who was a hardcore drug addict and has been on this journey for thirty years. Yeah, And I still need to have my daily practices, my rituals and habits on a daily basis, or I will slide. I mean, earlier on, early on in my recovery, I ended up having eating disorders. I had bulimia, I had some anorexia. And then, you know, I caught myself because I'm like, Jesus, I'm just going down the same path. I'm abusing myself. And this is going to take away from my life. It's going to sabotage things. I did competitive uh, cycling and running and another thing I was out in the bike for six hours yeah the dopamine surge and everything felt really good it was, it was like instead of drugs it was that but I was not going to work anymore and I wasn't doing anything so I was escaping still yeah. through exercise I mean fitness is a part of my thing for the brain and the body it's one of my seven disciplines that I teach people that on my gift of addiction program but there's if you're going to exercise six seven eight hours a day I mean come on that's that's an addiction and My definition of addiction, guys, is something that takes you away from yourself. It negatively impacts you and the life around you, but you can't stop that. And because what's happening is everything's falling apart, but you're still just into your addiction. You're not going to do that. A normal person's not going to do that. (laughs) They're going to go, oh, that's falling apart. My health. Look at this relationship. My work stuff. I mean, everything's just but you're, you're hanging on to that addiction.
2: Wow. That is amazing, man. So, uh, what would you, so you, you would contribute a lot of your healing to first off, sounds like God, your, your, your connection to spirit. And yes. then a lot of the energy work and Reiki and, uh, rolfing and all that stuff you did down in Maui. And then your, your, your program that you actually created the gift of addiction yes. program, which is your routines. That was what you would consider what heals you and is healing well, too. Is Yeah,
1: it is. It's, it's, I do believe we all have within us the opportunity to self-heal. But this is what happens too. I'm a big believer. I mean, I don't it's not a big believer. It is what it is. So it's a law, it's a universal law, the law of attraction. You know, oh, we, oh, are, yeah. we are we are experiencing what we're thinking and feeling. And oh, what yeah. we do, of course, or actually. I mean, it's it's happening if you're conscious of it or not. What that's what people yeah. understand. It's like, you know, for instance, I got Hit by a car, um, walking across the street just over a month ago. I'm lucky. I'm actually lucky to be alive. I I, I got a. I have a fractured back. I haven't been able to work out since it happened. So I've kind of been working through that. And but when something like that happens, I'm like, okay, you know what? I manifested that. You know that might be hard for people. Well, Sean, someone hit you, and it's like no. But energetically, I attracted that car to hit me, and I know this. Yeah. Very in tune with energy, and so. I'm thinking, okay, well, it's, it's so what am I not paying attention to in my life? Or what am I not moving forward with? What, where am I staying in fear? Where do I need to wake up? Where do I need to pay attention? It's not even like slowing down. It's really priority. Like, where is my energy going? Where are my thoughts? How am I feeling? And I've been I've been really down this winter because it's been dark up here. Um, some things have been going on. My, my own son has been fighting depression. So I've just been kind of like, you know, not in my highest place right yeah so um you know getting hit by this car it's like you know what i could have been dead i'm not dead i am going to heal i'm going to recover but it's just a wake-up call to like what am i doing with my life and for me you know the gym stuff is easy you know i've always been successful with training i want to have my gym in la but moving into putting my gift of addiction out globally has been something that i've gone through my my struggles with believing in mm-hmm. myself believing in my process and so um and i know that's part of this this whole thing so um you know there's no mistakes i'm talking to you guys too about this so um so <laughs> wow. i guess my point being is there's always another level people don't realize it. it's a it's a daily practice being conscious but it's a lifelong journey and every time you evolve or go to that next level there is gonna be some, still some limiting beliefs or uncomfortable stuff or fear. And and you know what I tell people is this, when you take away your addiction, you still have your early childhood trauma, you still have your survival, your kind of disconnection, isolation, and you still have your limited beliefs. So how do you think you're gonna get well by just taking away your addictions? You're not. You have to fill that with your true, your inner life. You have to fill that with your inner guidance. You have to fill that with your gift, as I call it, your purpose. You have to fill it with love. And that mm. is the journey. And through that process, what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen? You are going to be guided to positive, uncomfortable situations. <laughs> because we're uh, subconsciously, you're wired, going in your negative loop, right? Your limited beliefs. You're this. You're screwing up relationships. This happens. You get back in your addiction. Blah, blah, blah. You know, Maybe you have a little success over here for a while, so you hold on to that but the rest of your life is in shambles because you haven't done your healing work and you keep going back to your addictions, whatever they are. So you're like, okay, I'm gonna get rid of my addictions, My cravings are away. So you're raw and you're real. And then you're being guided to these positive things, things that you're being guided to, because you're like, well, you know, my, my inner guidance or my inner voice is saying, we're gonna go this direction and it feels right, but it's scary as hell. So what do you wanna do? You wanna run right back to what's comfortable. Even though it's painful, it's more comfortable.
3: Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So yes.
1: That's where, it, and, it, and that's why it takes the faith and it takes the courage mm-hmm. and it takes the discipline and it is hard work. That's why it's such BS that you're going to go do some weekend workshop and transform your freaking life. Now I say you can begin the journey going to some weekend workshop. You can be excited. You can make the decision to change, but that is just the beginning of the transformation. Yeah. You got to do the. You got to do the work, and no one really talks about it. Some people yeah. do, but very few. It's all the hype. We just want to sell people on. You're going to transform your life. You're going to be your future self tomorrow. And it's like, you know, <laughs> it's a daily practice. Oh yeah. Yes, you set your intentions. Yes, you set your goals. Yes, you have your dreams. But let me tell you something. If you have how many years of negative thought processes, and in one day you're just going to change that? Hell no. It's going to come up. You're not going to even know. That's why you have to be conscious on a Mm -hmm. daily basis. And then set yourself up with the structure and the personal accountability that keeps you on your path. Because when you veer off, like for me, if I veer off a little bit, something that might used to derail me years ago for maybe. What? Sean? Um, you 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 can get right back on track. And the thing about it is the connection is always there. You just got to turn the lights on a lot of times. people, And that's why daily meditation or I call it quiet time. You know, if you're not comfortable with it, just we quiet the mind and you go within and you have that you develop that relationship with thyself, that inner voice. You want to call it your soul, your spirit, your God voice, your heart voice. And that is where the magic is. And then for me, Pen to paper is a big thing that I teach people because what's within you, when you ask questions, will come right out on paper. Pen to paper. With that stream of consciousness, your truth will just come out on paper. Now I love again, it. It always comes out to action, guys. It's always about action. Because we can think good thoughts, we can feel good things, we can have great ideas, as you know, but it's the follow through. Yep. Then, yep. that's what builds more momentum, more situation experiences and people will come into your life to support you on your journey and, in, in you know, achieving your intentions and goals. And so Dude, that was,
2: that was freaking awesome. We have about three minutes left on this I thing. I <laughs> know there's
1: that so much refreshing. to cover, man. I'm, I'm sorry. I probably just, no, this is in. awesome. But no, um, this
3: is amazing. Cause I'm resonating with everything that you're saying. I'm loving it.
1: And then I guess the last thing I'll say, because it comes, it feels so true to me is you know, the healing journey to loving yourself. And what I talk, I have an eight week course and I talk about this and what I share is if you were to ask yourself, are you loving yourself and go through all the different areas, you will get that answer. And then if you're not, what would it look like and feel like if you were loving yourself in the area and what do you need to do action wise to make that happen? Because I'll tell you what, if you ask yourself before you eat something, is this loving myself? You'll know right away. How many yeah. relationship? How many, I, I mean, it's kind of it's so simple, but it's true. And you yeah. know, are you willing to have the courage though to make those changes? But yeah, honestly, man. are you loving yourself? Are you loving yourself with your work? Do you love what you do? Are you loving yep. yourself with your health? You know, are you getting your exercise in? Are you, you know, doing your mental meditation? Are you, you know, do you love yourself in your relationship? Are you loving your partner, your kids? You know, because what is that? Your truth will come through you. Now, yeah. do you have the courage to act on it and make things priorities? That's your choice. But if you ask yourself that simple question, and that's what I would, would, would do early on in my recovery. Am I loving myself? Mm.
2: That's awesome, man. That is so real and so powerful. Well, got one. We got a little less than a minute left. Where can they get in touch with you, Sean? Uh, what do you got going on? Plug uh, well, yourself. you know, honestly,
1: it. I will have. I'm going to be working on a, a website for my gift of addiction. But right now, my Instagram platform is really the one platform for me. And then, I mean, I have a website for my gym, but that's local here for um, Bellevue, Washington. Which, but I would say, you know, my right now, my Instagram. I'm going to get my YouTube going again. It's been kind of in hiatus, but um, Perfect. my Instagram, Sean Casey underscore. And uh, if you ever DM me, message me, I think my my phone number's on there if you ever want to just text me. And, um, you know, my whole thing is, you know, guiding people to their source within them that has all that they need for all that they desire and want in life. It's, you already have it. It's in you. And to have the faith, the courage, and the discipline to follow through and live it. Yeah. Awesome!
2: Thank you so, Sean. Thank you so so much for coming on here.
3: This was amazing. This, this is, is going to help so many people, dude.
2: <laughs> dude. so many people need to hear this. We are pumped. We're going to put a link to your to your Instagram profile when we publish this in a few weeks. Thank you so okay. much again right. for your time, Sean. All right, guys. Have a great. Thank day. you, Megan. Yeah.
1: Thank you, David. Love you. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Happy Bye. healing.
0: Bye.
1: He loved me. Hey. Hey guys. Yep. How are you? Hey. Good, good. We're so happy to have you back on. <laughs> yeah, it was it's quick. <laughs> quick turnaround. Um, I know it.
2: Well, I'll do my little intro here. Uh, okay. Welcome, everyone, to the Magical uh, Stories of Healing and Spiritual Gifts podcast. I'm David here with my lovely wife, Megan. Hi, you uh, And we are bringing Sean Casey, the man, the myth, the legend, back on. We had such an awesome, awesome first podcast. And man, we even got off it. We were like, whoa, that was
3: <laughs> awesome. I know. You are just oh, a- my- even have to hardly ask him anything. I know.
2: Uh, you yeah. we leave the questions like you just ran with it, and you're such you're such a you're so well spoken oh, in your, your story. And well, uh hey
1: man, guys. thank you. For- How's everybody doing? <laughs> um, yeah. I, well, when I got off the call, that's what I thought. I said, "Gosh, I did all the talking," and I know I'm <laughs> your guest, but sometimes there's interaction, you know. So I was like. You know, I wasn't getting any of their insights or their feedback. And, and then I thought, you know, I talked a lot about my story, a little bit more about my my past. And I'm always wondering, well, gosh, did I get into more of the solution, more, you know, the, the journey of, Hi. you know, overcoming addiction, going through my healing and, uh, you know, all the uh, the gifts that have taken place. You know since that day 30 years ago as well as the challenges because you know I want to say just because you quit your addictions doesn't mean you get well doesn't mean your life gets better you know for a lot of people their life will continue to spiral downward because of not going through their their healing process or even having an understanding of how that works they just think Well, gosh, I know this is bad for me. My life is unraveling. And, uh, you know, if I quit my addiction, my life's just going to get better. And and for a lot of us and myself included, initially, it got worse. You know, emotionally, I was, you know, I went through depression and, you know, I was still, you know, searching for something to escape with. And I knew it wasn't going to be drugs or alcohol because, you know, I made that commitment I also made that conscious commitment to following my inner guidance. And and so it was about honoring my truth. And then like I talked about last week, you know, I really, when I get honest with myself, you know, the healing journey to loving myself just stays true over and over again. Mm -hmm. Um, Because let's face it. Most of us, you know, all of us have dealt with some kind of trauma. People that have had hardcore addiction, probably a little more intensity, from what I've read and learned from, you know, people that have done the deep research on this uh, subject matter of addiction and trauma. <clears throat> so, that being said, uh, people that have a lot more intense trauma, just letting go of the addiction, you're going to have a lot of raw and real feelings, right? Um, oh yeah. yeah so absolutely um, and that's why it's it's hard it's it's really 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 yeah. hard and to stay the course and and that's why for you know a lot of people in the kind of a recovery um, community you know a lot of it is you know how long have I been in recovery or how long have I been abstinent and you know for me <clears throat> I've had, wonderful experiences in my life and have been on you know success in all areas and healthy and 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 then there's been other times where gosh I've been down in the dark man depressed not for as long because I have the tools today but you know you're still gonna be you're still gonna go through the challenges man I mean that's life right and that's amazing to hear from someone like you
2: because you know and just coming from the outside I mean Man, I know we've only kind of met over Instagram outside of this, but you know, you have so much awesome motivational stuff. You're so raw, you're so real, and you know, you're successful. You've overcome addiction, you have a family, you have an incredible son. You have all these successes. Uh, to hear someone like you say, "Man, the journey's not over. Like I still go through it and you know, I've overcome addiction, but that doesn't mean it was just smooth sailing." Like it's it's such a beautiful thing because you know, I feel like society paints this false sense of everyone being happy oh, or yeah. people just because they're successful, they're happy. And you hit on, first of all, I, I really appreciate your vulnerability and everything you spoke about in the first one, man. Even like the, the drug stuff, the prostitution stuff, all oh, this. Yeah. I mean, that's so vulnerable. Oh, yeah, man. And man, like people don't talk about that.
3: Well, and know? I resonate when you said that, you know, once you become clean, then you have to like feel everything. Oh, yeah. You know, I, doctors, my trauma was horrible and. For me, weed was my my coping thing, okay. but doc- doctors put me on Xanax and Klonopin oh. and off and on for twenty years. Oh, twenty wow. years, dude. Twenty years. Oh. And and so even though I wasn't like, if I missed a day, I wasn't like, oh my god, where's my Xanax? Right. But I was only because my body became physically dependent oh, yes. on it. If I had two days in a row, if I traveled for work and I was like, oh shit, I forgot it, then I was gonna have like, might as well have the flu. You know right. what I mean? Oh yeah. And because, but when I with the grace of God and David, I got off of it and man, I, Mm. all these things I was like, Oh my God, is this like how I would have been feeling all these 20 years? And I was just masking it and it was hard. It was, it was intense. It was a lot. So like, I totally like, I, I get it. What you're saying.
2: Yeah, man. And so I appreciate that part. I love one thing. I'm jumping around so much, but you said something you've had so many freaking nuggets. You had so many nuggets that uh, you mentioned the journey to loving yourself. Yes. And man, that's 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 I can't put the importance on that so uh, more because you talk about the programming as a child and everything you go through as a child with your family or trauma and everything. One of the deepest programming things, I think, that we all go through to some extent, um, but some much deeper than others, especially those with trauma or and or addiction, is truly knowing how to love yourself, and oh, be yeah. happy with yourself, right? Accept yourself and not be worried at all about others. You know, I think to an extent, everyone kind of holds on to some aspect of worrying what oh, others yes. think, even if you say you know, we all do to an extent. Right. But at least, at least being able to get to the point where it no longer affects your day to day. I mean, that's the, right. such a journey and so
1: tough. Well. As you said, you know, our childhood, and if we are coming from an abusive family background, and those are our first caretakers, those are the people, the authority figures that are supposed to love us, support us, protect us. And if those are abusers from the get go, how are we going to feel like we're even lovable? Something must be wrong with us, right? So we carry that on the rest of our our life. I mean, we, and have it be in a relationship with your significant other, you know, your partner or girlfriend or or wife or husband, but even, you know, your relationships with your leaders at work and your, I mean, this stuff spills over into all areas of your life when you're talking about trauma. I mean, and I saw that happening to me over and over and over again. And even if you quit your addiction, It doesn't mean you still don't have those same stories locked in your subconscious mind about people, the way the people you think think about you and how you feel about people. I mean, it's just similar energy. Certain energies just trigger you. So already you're you're thinking, oh, that person doesn't like me. Oh, that person is an asshole or that person, you know, is somehow is just an enemy. And so you have that so you've already predestined that whole experience yeah. with that person oh, yeah. because, of, Gosh, because so of your programming little. because of your programming and so yes. yes. that's why i talked about you know ha- being a daily practice of being conscious because you Dude. must be conscious of those limiting beliefs and those stories because if you don't you'll you'll just continue doing so you know you can think i'm going to think positive i'm going to do my affirmations I'm gonna set my goals and I'm gonna follow through and all that's great. But if you're not aware of how you actually are interacting or unconsciously those thoughts that are already hardwired in you, you will still run up against the wall. And then you'll wonder why isn't things working? Why aren't things working? You know, I'm not doing the drugs, I'm not drinking or whatever your addiction is, but your life still isn't changing because you really haven't changed from the inside out yet. Mm -hmm and so yeah
2: yeah man that's and for anyone listening that's coming from someone that's a a champion bodybuilder i mean absolutely ripped has his own company and coaches people so if it can happen to him i mean to just understand that you're not
1: alone if someone's listening out there and they feel that way and that's why if someone doesn't have a path that they're on like some personal accountability and structure in their life the chances of you getting well, getting better, and even staying off your addiction is so slim. I mean, the percentages are going to be so small. And even if you do, mm-hmm. your life is still not going to be very fun and not very happy internally because you're still going to yeah. be carrying around all that trauma, all those limiting beliefs. It's in your body. It's in your mind. It's it's how you're wired. So that being said, yes, can you? can you not only overcome your addiction but can you have a fun loving fulfilled life yes you can but it is going to take some work and you can't think of it long term either you just got to chunk it down initially today you know that you hear about that yeah. a lot today just right now right now you know i'm doing good and then you know you you will build on that though you know it's a, it's a process it's like you know people want overnight success everything or you want to go to like i talked touched on this last time like a weekend workshop, this is just gonna change your life and maybe it can change the way you think and you can decide, yes, I'm gonna make changes in life and start your process. But it it is a journey, guys. I mean, you can't, it's not like in a blink of an eye. You went from however you were as a kid and then whenever you got into your addiction, how many years, day in and day out, have you been living your life like that? And then all of a sudden, one day, you're just gonna change your life? You can decide to change, but before you really transform, you're going to go through some stuff, man. And yeah, that's why you can't do it with a broken brain. And I talked about this yesterday, and that's why for me, you can say one way. I used to say the only way but it's an inside job. You got to go within. And like we talked about before, religious or not, if you want to, for me, it was, you know, God you know and it's just listen you're going to be guided there's a truth within you your soul your spirit Mm -hmm. and it's being conscious with that and then having the faith to follow through and the courage to work through the darkness when it shows up if you want to call it your shadows because that's the process that unfolds and so you need the tools of accountability and that's what I do with people I have that path as I said I have the seven daily disciplines, which are, you know, your sleep, your nutrition, movement, exercise, and breathing, and then we have quiet time, which is you have it be meditation or just shutting off the mind, be going within, having that conscious connection, feeding your mind with good stuff, inspirational books, tapes, you know, workshop, anything that's going to kind of inspire you or support the journey you're on, that connection. And then pen to paper. I am a big believer in the magic comes when we put oh, pen oh, to yeah. paper. And that have it be <laughs> your affirmations, your gratitude, your goals, which your priorities. Yes. Oh but my also, gosh. Yeah. if you have something going on with you, just put pen to paper. If you're having a bad day or there's emotion, yeah. go with. don't go away from your <clears> anger. <throat> don't go away from your frustration or whatever it is. Right? Your truth is in there all that stuff is is fear based and so within that fear is your truth and sometimes you can't articulate it but if you just kind of like put pen to paper it will go through you 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 know whatever it is or your solutions or your answers or you know whatever that story is and and know that you know might come through and you're like yeah that's not even true or maybe this new story that's through you your truth and so pen to paper is so powerful and it's something that i have used for decades and i encourage people to use it every day it's different than clicking it on your computer or your phone you're part of that it's an yes. energy thing um and we all know for goals too and manifesting i mean putting pen to paper is, yes. is the way to go um Absolutely. and first and then the last thing is just morning and evening rituals how you begin your day. And how you end your day is very powerful too and it allows you you are in our life man you are in our life you, yeah, I'm like, it's preach, crazy preach. this
2: yeah. is the, like the exact stuff we're all about yeah. i love it so i didn't mean it's no, awesome. so. And, it's crazy how synchronous and it
1: is. you know we're doing good <laughs> you know i can't tell you what it is but for me personally and, and the, the people the many thousands of people i've worked with through the decades. They will say there's something that happens when i just start going through my gratitude my affirmations and put pen to paper my energy just changes and when i don't do it my day is not as good it just isn't and so it's so it's kind of like you want to call you know prescription for addiction or whatever but just that alone and then those tools because if you don't have that structure and personal accountability your unconscious mind will run wild. It's just gonna take off. You don't even know what's happening. And before you know it, you're spiraling out, you relapse, have some kind of major drama in your life that, you know, and it just it spirals. And before you know it, you're like, holy shit, I'm right back in that damn place I've been for my whole life, you know, or how many years, right?
0: Yeah.
1: And um, when you yeah. have these tools, what I believe is, sure, you're gonna get off track but something that might be would have derailed you for a week a month or even a year maybe you within that day because you check in with yourself you set your alarm clock cloud it's three o'clock and you take a deep breath and you're like god how am i feeling what am i thinking about oh wow man i'm way over here with this no 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 that's let's just get back on track <laughs> go over a couple of gratitude things life is good that's awesome. what are your intentions for the day and then if something's <laughs> bothering you that badly make a note of it and maybe revisit it later but get back on track you know that resentment you're so angry about somebody really that's your anger i mean that person's just doing that you know what do you because that's a big one man resentments are huge right things that trigger us and we get angry and it's like yeah really i mean that person just did that why are you so angry like you want to rip his head off i mean or her you know it's like <laughs> come on man just it's nothing take a breath you know you want to call it the small stuff or what but it's really owning you got to learn to own and that's the thing one of my 100 responsibility for your life because so many people especially when you're coming off addiction because you want to blame your past you want to blame these people in your life They are the ones holding you back. They're the ones why, you know, you don't have a better relationship or more money or the better job or whatever it is, right? So having those personal accountability tools are so valuable and it's gonna be the difference between you really being able to transform your life or not. And um, so this is what I have. If you, I'm just gonna run down really quickly, guys kind of like my 12 kind of life principles if you want like long-term recovery and healing in your life and so my first one is really making that personal kind of conscious commitment to connecting you know i call it your life within you your gift you're going to making that conscious connection with the life within you your spiritual uh kind of journey And then number two is like, talk about, you know, source energy, universal energy. We are all connected to this energy. Or if you want some people, if you want to call it, I'll put kind of spirituality. Brene Brown talks about that, you know, because there's a lot of religions, but there's just something that we're all connected to within us, whatever your beliefs to. And that for recovery in your journey, you just, you, you become conscious of that. You need to. And then of course number three is huge for all of us but especially people the trauma is that love and connection and like i said it believes starts with you know loving yourself but then having those relationships that connection with you know community with other people like-minded people like yourself have it be family and and having that that love and that connection because we as human beings desire but especially for people that have never had that and have just had that you know abuse like you talked about megan um don't you agree with that i mean you know we desire we desire Uh,
3: yeah i mean
1: i agree with everything we we desire to be loved i know for me you know i found love in the wrong places early on but it was attention right so uh, you know of of course but for me it was like wanting to be loved for me the real me for no other thing right and that You know, let's face it, you know, there's, there's, it's out there, but it's, if you find it, man, you keep those people in your life, right? uh, Number four, I have daily gratitude and appreciation for for what you have. And we know we've heard a lot about that over the years and everyone talks about it, but it's true. Um, That daily gratitude and appreciation for all that you have now. Um, And then number five, is intuition and inner guidance and that is huge um, following your inner guidance getting in touch with your intuition um, letting that be kind of the guiding force in your life and not letting your mind or limited beliefs you know kind of cancel that out or hold you back because I think that's so
2: powerful man it's it's so powerful there's it's interesting because I've I've always, I don't know, some people just tend to be better about that, like Megan has been so freaking intuitive, it's crazy, and she has this powerful connection oh, yeah. with her guidance, I'm still, I'm good, um, but it's been a journey for oh, me yeah. to get that, and I'm still like clouded by my like wizard brain <laughs> at times, um, so it doesn't come as naturally to me, um, but man, that's just such a powerful one, I've been trying to get better and better at following and trusting that, not in the right. physical, uh, like she's so good at, but I love it. No, that it's,
1: one. it's true. And it's a practice, man. I think it's like anything. Some It's kind of like a natural thing, right? For some people, it's just, it's been there and they're connected. And then some people, they ought to work at it. But the, the more you practice, the better you get. So those are, those are, so yeah. The num- number uh, six is faith and beliefs. And the reason I put those together is because faith is taking action with not really understanding how it's going to work or the outcome, right? It's just, again, that inner guidance, that intuition, you just feel like, gosh, this is right. I know this opportunity, this person, I I need to meet this person. (laughs) You know, I'm just going to make this move in my life. I'm going to take that job or, you know, I've always wanted to, I'm being guided to a sunnier spot and I'm just Mm going to do it. Or that relationship or that person, you're going to set up a meeting or maybe you're going to do that live workshop or you know whatever it could be out of this world but it's like you know what it just feels so right no matter what i think and <laughs> so not letting your limiting beliefs hold you back and then of course you know your beliefs you know your beliefs if you can set the biggest hugest goal and dream and I talk about this all the time and you go to these seminars dream big you know and live your best life and I'm gonna be a billionaire tomorrow you know and, and that's awesome you know and and you could have that it might not happen overnight but my point being is if you do not believe within yourself no matter if you write that goal down say it if that deep inner thing in your brain is like you're figuring out how or you get stressed out where you just don't know how it's going to happen, it never will, and they don't talk about that. So, your beliefs and faith faith going on, which you don't know yeah. the outcome, and then, of course, your living belief, and then your <laughs> beliefs like believing in yourself and in your cause and whatever your you know dreams and vision is. Um, it's so important, yeah. and, and we could get into that,
3: yeah. Like, in the strength of your belief, your faith, right? I always say, you know, your faith will make it yes. so. I mean, that's just it's huge, so yes. and then.
1: I have number seven is taking 100% responsibility for your life. And we we touched on that a little bit. Not blaming anything outside of yourself for your circumstances and where you're at. That you know you are responsible for your happiness, your joy, your fulfillment, your abundance. And the funny thing about it is we all have it. It's already, we've been born and blessed with it at birth. So it's actually just going in within yourself getting it and then taking that guidance and fulfilling it in the real world physically, you know, because we're all blessed with father. And that's the, it's the cool thing, right? It's like, we are connected to the infinite mind. It's like all the greatest minds, anything that's ever happened in the history of the universe, we are connected. So if we Mm. want that answer, if we want that solution to whatever we're going through, if we go within ourselves and tap into that consciously, we'll go, it's even better than Google really. And so, (laughs) and <laughs> yeah, not absolutely it's not absolutely a bad thing either but does i mean does um how does that concept resonate with you guys just knowing that we're all part of it and we all have everything and anything we want within us i i love oh, that no
3: i i'm a powerful manifester and i know that anything i want to do or be or have like done right. so i i, I get it.
2: that's yeah. why meditation has been so big like that's another thing that it's taken me a long time to like fully get into but meditation's absolutely instrumental because that is quieting the mind and going within and like tapping into that and asking a question, then
1: just right. listening and feeling what the answer is. Yeah, no, it's 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 awesome and it's uh, yeah, and you know what? We're it's it's cool because even myself, like I'll be on track and on track and on track. But then sometimes I'll be going through something, I'm like, What are you doing, Sean? what do you hold on to here what what's this fear crap here what's limiting you know you just know yeah. you own it you have the truth just and then it's the it always comes down to the action, because you can know all you want but if you don't go out yeah. and execute it you just stay in that same place even though you know the truth you know what the answer is and you know what that next move is in your life you're like why am i choosing to suffer in this anxiety and fear right <laughs> right so and then you take the action like crap i should have done that three months ago a year ago Mm -hmm. or maybe a few days depending on how long you've been sitting with something right so well
3: like the only limits we have are the ones we've ourselves. exactly
1: so so the next one is mastering your thoughts and reprogramming your subconscious mind and so for anyone that's working through their addiction and trauma and healing this is huge because once you can master your thoughts you can master your life and i mean it is a process yeah it is a process of being conscious because again you have to be conscious of the things that come up that have been coming up unconscious in your life from your subconscious right and so again it's not only being aware of what you want and where you're being guided to but also those things that have been so deeply programmed in your subconscious mind that have been holding you back so I go through all these. I go through a whole process of how to do that. These, are, But these principles are happening in our life all days, right? We're always thinking and we're feeling right. And then we're taking action. So and then what shows up in our life? We know energetically, whatever we're thinking and feeling, those are the experiences we're having in our life. So if we want to change those, we got to, you know, change our thoughts because our thoughts can stimulate it. And sometimes it's the other way you get emotionally triggered. You're actually your emotions and then you think the experience because our emotions and i'll talk about that in a minute you know the body holds the truth the body holds on to all our experiences and so sometimes when we're emotionally triggered we're actually feeling the emotion before the thought even comes so anyway well, so the next one is just that it's mastering you know the body holds the truth and so what I mean by that is mm. you know, within us, in ourselves, all our experiences, but it also, you know, within our body holds the truth that's beyond those limiting things, the things that are in our body. So that's why for me, you know, the exercise of movement and going through healing, getting certain body work, energy work, anything where you're moving the body and breathing, you are going to be releasing energy. And to me, that is a huge part of your healing process and also you know just feeling optimal in your mind and your body, you know, moving and breathing and becoming more conscious and more sensitive. Oh, yeah! But the body holds the truth, and there's a good book called The Body Keeps the Score, and um, that's by a guy over in uh, where is he? Basil he's over in Europe somewhere, but he's a really famous book, and it's it's all about the brain, mind, and body and the healing of trauma. But he came out know, similar so you know the body holds the truth and then of course after that i talk about um, healing the emotional triggers healing your trauma and your coping mechanisms because let's face it when you're emotionally triggered we have certain coping mechanisms <laughs> and so before oh yeah it's yeah, like automatic it was, we're going to go get high, we're going to go do this, we're going to have sex. whatever the thing is, we're going to go shopping, maybe we're going to get on social media for three hours, we're going to binge watch this, I mean, it, you know, depending on whatever that addiction is, that you, where you're escaping from yourself, you're feeling, and sometimes, you know, it can be a happy feeling, you know, you're feeling great, top of the world, I want more, so then you go out and you, you know, go, some women like to go shopping, or know some like to do whatever, right, whatever that addiction is, and so, Yep. You have to become aware of that emotion before you act. So I go into a whole thing about, you know, being able to take that hyper view and take a step back or to, you know, let those emotions come and go. I think it's like 90 seconds. Uh, research says, you know, when an emotion comes, it kind of takes over your body. And if you can just breathe and sit with it, you're able to release that and it'll just kind of come and go. And, you know, we do that in meditation, right? You let those thoughts just keep coming keep coming and going you keep breathing it up and you know over time you know you'll empty your mind but it's not being the thing is not getting attached to those emotions right Mm -hmm. to knowing that just emotions emotions we feel this way we don't have to let it take us over and then we don't have to you know we can have different coping mechanisms too we can have healthy coping mechanisms so healing your trauma emotional triggers and coping mechanisms
2: I love that too because so many people will have the emotion and they they're because
0: they're not aware they're that they think they are the emotion.
2: Right. But you're not the emotion and you can do like self-talk right. exercises uh with people like not I instead of saying I'm depressed, I feel right. depressed. Like but I am happy and healthy and you can use affirmations to turn that around instead of saying I am whatever the
1: feeling is say I'm just
2: feeling this way instead of I because what
1: happens is too is once that overtakes you then that can sit with you for a while but then what happens is then you're the the feeling then those stories come in of why you feel that way that aren't even true then you're affirming So again so anyway (laughs) the next one I have and I, I for a while I was gonna take it out but I thought you know i'm a big believer in the law of attraction and there's 12 principles and laws universal laws that we that happen regardless if you're conscious of it or not but i just think it's a big one you know it's just what you think what you feel what you do it's showing up in your life over and over again and it's a lot of people don't realize the law of attraction guys is always working it's just not working when you're trying to yeah. manifest something yeah. it's you know <laughs> right it's, it's true right. like the law of attraction so is always working so if you're having like if you're going through a bad patch as you think like things just aren't working out in business you know you're at wit's end with your kids or your wife or You know, somehow your finances, I mean, it's just like, you got to just take a minute, step back. It's like, what is going on with me? What am I doing to do this? Again, take responsibility. If something isn't going right and things aren't, you know, happening well, it's like, okay, it's because of you. So you need to shift the way you're thinking and feeling and what you're doing, you know? And so the law of attraction is huge. And yeah, so, yep. and last but not least is giving back to others, because once you start your journey and you gain wisdom and knowledge and insights to life, you know, you eventually become a leader. And, you know, to me, it's always about giving back, giving what I have, giving what I have away to, you know, empower others to do great things in their life or to start their journey or give them, you know, my own insights and stories to something they're going through, Right. Um, I believe everyone has their own journey to live and their own truth, right? So it's not about me telling them anything other than giving them the tools to come up with their own solutions, but to be there, right? To support them, to share to share our right. stories, even like mm-hmm. this podcast, right? There's going to people listen to this, you know, what? If they, if they take away and actually use the stuff we're talking about, it's going to change their life, you know? And so...
3: Oh, 100%. So, oh, my God. Like... Changing, so that's what y'all. we do
1: right we give back what we have so that's huge so those are 12 principles and what i do is i go within all those and i break them down i do a bunch of exercises and i have you know what is you know love and connection well what does it mean to love yourself and i go through this and you know mastering your thoughts so i talk about the conscious unconscious subconscious mind so but these things are all the things i just talked about they're always happening and so the tw- the seven disciplines plus your daily check-ins throughout the days that is the way that you consciously implement what we're talking about those 12 principles the best way you can right the best possible way to be conscious of such as you know things um you know mastering your thoughts and you know, taking responsibility for your life, keeping that conscious connection, following your intuition, you know, your beliefs and faith. And and so all that stuff is happening. So when you're more conscious of this all, you can make better choices, right? And you keep yourself on your path. So all these are checklists. So if you're going through your seven daily disciplines and then you're being conscious of the principles, it's gonna really be hard for you to fall off track that much. You have the tools and the power to yeah. right back on track and to continue to, you know, grow and evolve, you know, to continue. And, um, and I always say, listen, we're on the path and you're stuck your challenge. You will, a, you will attract the right people and situations experienced in your life to help you on your journey we all do we always do it happens right so you know you know get people and if you need therapy or if you need a coach or you you know a book comes into your life or something i mean it it all happens for you so you know and then but most of all it's all within you it's that connection with your inner guide your god you know whatever you choose to call it with your spirit your soul that is that has it all for you you really you know you can go through your healing mostly with yourself as long as you have the faith and the courage to take the action and the discipline on a daily basis right your life will change but in that being said there are people that are here that will come into your life to help you you know your mentors your teachers and um your guiders you know so that's been my oh man i i can't reiterate how important that is having
2: that, like, you know, having a, having a mentor, having a coach, having something like that. It's just, it's so so important, you know, and it's, I've, I've found that, you know, Megan and I have been into personal development or slash, you know, life, she's been life coaching the past few years. And it's, you know, people have a lot of pride. So they're afraid to like, say, I need help or I can, and there's, there's no pride in this game, man. You got to throw your ego out the door. Like there's no ego. There's no pride trying to help each other out and walking each other home, as Ram, Ram Dass right. says. Everyone
3: should right.
2: have a
1: mentor. Yeah, yeah everyone should well, have Well, like Brene Brown says, you know, it's it's about being vulnerable, man. You know, you have to have those hard conversations yep. with yourself. And then you have to be able to be vulnerable and express them to somebody. You know, you have to. And, you know, the way I look at it is, you know, that's where the the safe and the trust come, you know. And that's the thing with me. People know, right? Like I have people coming into my life. And a lot of times they'll come in because they want to get healthier but i attract a lot of people that have trauma backgrounds and have addiction issues that's why do you think that happens well because that's who i am that's what i do (laughs) it's my purpose and so people want to come in and then when i hear their stories it's like and then i start telling my story and i'm like look at we've come together for this reason you didn't think you were going to meet a guy that's going to work with you on these levels did you they're like no i just wanted to start getting healthier and come (laughs) But during the consultation, they start telling me. I mean, just the last client I had and and um she's <laughs> she had you know some trauma, some sexual stuff, everything, her therapist. And she came in there and she just thought I wanted to get shape. And I should, she goes, when I talked on the phone, she just goes, she goes, I got chills. She goes, I couldn't believe that I'm gonna be able to work with somebody that knows what I'm going through and just understands me. So it's just awesome. It's just how it works, right? Like the right people show up in our lives when we wow. need them and when we're, and when we're ready, yep. when we're ready to go to that next level of growth. Yep. And that's just like in business too, anything. Wow, that is so true. so. Again, what does so it comes down to paying attention, being conscious of what's going on in our lives with intentions and also there's always so many opportunities in our life right in front of us. We don't have to search. They just show up. And then it's taking action though, right? <laughs> it's like, oh man, I had a conversation with a guy at a restaurant and I'm like, you know what? There's something about him. I do this all the time. And like, you know, the conversation you had and your experience in this area, I said, you know I'd love to take you to coffee or lunch or something, you know? And I just do that all the time. And it's kind of it's an amazing journey. Your life will just unfold in some magical ways if you lead your life like this.
2: You know? man, that's awesome. 12 powerful powerful steps. I mean you drop some absolute gems in there man. thank you so much for sharing that process with you and how long have you been coaching how long have you been doing working on this training? um
1: well I've been on our on a kind of a intentional raw level I mean for the coaching like for with addiction and everything really probably 25 years professionally probably five years into my recovery I mean you know just doing it I've been you know I've been doing this work even my whole life I've had this gift of connecting with people right but as far as like life coaching and everything and I got my certifications even though I don't know the certifications are great framework but you know I think you you do your real work with your It just it's the magic happens when you're just
3: it's a piece of
1: paper yeah but um where I saw I'm
3: like I'm overqualified at this point you know, you understand
1: what I mean I mean it's great but I think yeah, yeah,
3: no, we, totally uh, get yeah. It.
1: so there's no cookie cutter right so um right it, and as far as um the gift of addiction though has all come together within only the, the last five years like I didn't know that this was fully going to be my calling and really I I've kind of r- not run away from it but it was like Really, you know, because I don't. Because see, I look at addiction in, in such a different way than most of the recovery community. I don't talk about it yeah. a lot. I don't talk about drugs. I don't talk about my past so much. The only reason I might bring it up or share with it is so people know I've been through it, you know, and I've been on this journey. Right. Um, but you know, this is I keep going into myself, and this is my purpose. So then I came up with this process. But I've been I've been doing a dance with this stuff for a good three to four years meaning I you know I could have been like fully putting this out but I just it's going to be this is the year that you know on the internet and I'm going to get back on my YouTube channel and uh, my book's going to come out in a few months my first one my second book's right away is the workbook so the first book as I shared last week is more my story more of a memoir my insights and then I'll put the seven disciplines and principles but my second book is more going down all of them and doing like a, a, dive, a deeper dive into each of my principles and and then to share people how they implement it into their life. And then I will actually too have a physical workbook journal type thing that I'll bring out so people can do that. And then eventually an app, but it's just, uh, yeah, the last five years, I've kind of known about this gift of addiction but now it's like, okay. And it's behind the scenes, This is hard work to develop systems and everything, guys. This is not my strength. You know, I've just had this within <laughs> me. I've been doing this work for decades and it just comes naturally. But someone said like, listen, if you don't create systems, how can you put this in people's hands? You know, how can you get let them take something right. away and use it in their life? So you, you need to do this. This is, or you don't, and you don't have a business. If you don't, then you're just one-on-one, right? You're not going to be able to reach people globally. You're not going to be able to go and speak and break, break it down. I mean, you can motivational talk, but at the end of the talk, if you don't have anything, that's it. It's just a talk.
2: Oh, yeah. 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 You know, that's going to change when this book comes out, man. That's so awesome. I'm, and I immediately, one of the first things that caught my eye um, a couple of years ago when I connected with you was this concept of gift of addiction, because you know, my experience with binge drinking and alcohol addiction, uh, and again, I'm not not—I'm not by any means anyone listening about trashing the way society goes right. about um, alcohol yes. addiction or anything like that at all. If that works for you, that's freaking great. Dude, right. Do what works for you. But I tried all that, and not any right. of it worked uh, right. for me. Just personally for me. For me, it was more re- literally reprogramming yes. the subconscious mind, focusing on what yes. I want to create, not what I want to let what go. Was what was most important yeah. to me? Like, it was all of this. and. You know, it's interesting. I love the concept of gift of addiction. I think it's gonna be huge,
0: man. I think it's gonna
2: be because it's freaking stigmatized right now. Addiction is stigmatized and it can be a gift. I turned my addictive tendencies to my marriage, my business,
1: to you put all that energy into the right stuff. And what and just so I'm clear, see, I didn't know that addiction was gonna bring me to my gift, but when I dropped down to my knees. And i went within and asked god for guidance it's like i didn't know that the life within me is my is the gift the gift is already the gift is within all of us it's our life within us and if we take that gift bring it to our consciousness and live it man our life is going to be amazing because it already is within us it's just actualizing and becoming conscious of it and then living it and that's the journey that's where the healing takes place right because we're gonna be guided to those uncomfortable situations, just like me, creating this gift of addiction. You don't think this is uncomfortable? You don't think writing my book and my story? Man, I've been going I've gone through some emotional roller coaster rides the last year and a half. I mean, for sure. Mm. And and yeah, mm. and because I am somebody that all my life, being an athlete, being in sales before I ran my gym, and then even with my training, it's like it's all about achievement and numbers and production. And right. with this stuff, I haven't been able to right. produce. I have don't I have, I've been in this creating systems and behind the scenes and like okay how's this work and you know people come into my life and building and it's like some of it's given me a headache even going through my 8 week course and getting up and being like a teacher it's like oh man I know but you know you got to have the what the why and the how and all this and you know it's just can can,
2: can I ask you, can I ask you yes. a
1: question about that do you think
2: that part of it is this deep thing within you that is wanting it to be so perfect because it's your baby and it's like all this stuff you're creating to put out there and there's this thing of perfection that you're worth that you're
1: is do you think it's something with that or am i no, totally there's, off I there mean, or, for sure man i'm a human being there's they're not a piece of perfection <laughs> but just definitely and then of course there's this thing that i had i think it has to be a certain way which i know it doesn't have to be so much but it has to be a system you know, however it is, because that's all my people yeah. are like. Look at you know this stuff. You've been doing this, but we gotta, you know, like people that have helped me. They're like, we gotta get it out of you though, so we can put all the pieces together. Like right. And so, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a little bit. I've, I've had people that have known me since Maui, twenty over twenty years ago, and they're like, you're not already out there doing this thing, you know, because this is been, <laughs> not the gift of addiction, but my whole story, writing my books and everything. That has been with me for, I've known this, you know, and and some of it is, you know, 25 years ago, obviously I wasn't ready, you know, or I would have done it. So, you know, I'm in my process, but I have definitely the last three or four years for sure been hard on myself. Like, and, but at the same time, when you don't kind of know what you don't know, like in this kind of, in this arena, you know, some of that is just, I don't have the experience of putting myself out in, in some of these areas that I'm. Going to be putting myself in, out in this year, right? But that's when, right, I have to ask myself, why are you focused on the house so much, Sean? Just do what you need to do and you'll attract right. the right situation, right? right? I know this, but I'm just sharing with you. This is what yes. I've been going
3: through. I have to give myself, calls, you know? Too. <laughs> so it's,
1: um, but it's, it's huge. I mean, I would love to, you know, even have a couple more people with me involved with this because I don't, I'm somebody that like, I like to have people that are strong in areas that I'm not to be part of the team just anything I have because I love that I love my people that, as long as we're we all have the same vision right you know that you're in business and so but you yeah. want to have a team yep. but I am the kind of leader that's like yes I want this isn't about me this is about all of us and more than anything it's about the people that we're going to help you know and so yeah the impact. impact that's that's yep. what this is all about but I don't you know I can't this, all this stuff, and then the next phase I shared with last week, you know, is going to be the marketing aspect of all this, you know, because as we talked about on the internet, there's, there's good stuff out there, but there's a lot of stuff. that's not that good, but these guys are killing it because they're marketing, right? So, um, this is a great product. This is going to be, and I just need to stay strong. And again, even me saying that, you know, I my belief and all my research, I don't believe addiction is a disease. Just that statement there, if you went into like the AA community and the twelve step program, they'd be up it's not a disease. Yes, oh, it is. Oh
2: man, they'd be a cognitive dissident you know? to the extreme
1: and degree. I just believe again, and that's not to say anything that twelve step hasn't done awesome for a lot of people. That I am I that's right. not where I'm coming from, guys. Yep. But what I want to say is you know, addiction is not a life sentence. It isn't. Um, Right, And I also, you know, that's just it. And how can some, and it's not, I think a disease creates victim. It keeps, it creates a victim. Man, I was,
2: you literally hit the nail on the head. That's what I was, I was just about to say the thing that to my core that bothers me about the, and I know this is controversial, but uh, that bothers me to the core about this whole thing of being a disease is it takes your power away. It's a you know, your you hit the nail that, on the head. Yeah, and
1: their whole and part of the program is you're powerless. And yes, I get it, but oh. but you're not. I think you can Yeah. I think you can have right. power. And the thing I always go yeah. back to is I get it, but but you're look not. At the journey I've chosen, why do I want to go drink? Because I never drank to just drink, right? I drank to escape. So I get oh, yeah. it. Why yep. would I take a bunch of pills? 100%. Why would I shoot dope in my arm? I mean, I wouldn't do that today because that's not who i am you know I, and that's not the way yeah. i'm gonna deal with going through any kind of emotional stuff i'm gonna own it i'm gonna understand it i'm gonna learn from it i'm gonna work through it and i'm gonna keep moving forward i mean that's my whole process right so to, so it's like why would i even so i don't need to but you know what like when i had my surgery you know and i couldn't even move and i was in so much pain did i take some opiates for my pain yeah i did and you know what I don't care. I'm not addicted to that crap, but I needed it. But, you know, in some circles, they might say, oh, man, you're an addict. How could you take pain pills? It's like, well, I couldn't <laughs> right. move. I was in pain. You know, I, I did. So there you go.
2: It's all about what they're used for you. Yes. It's like it's it's the use. It, it can be used medicinally. Shoot, heroin can be used medicinally. Right. But that doesn't mean that,
1: like, it, you know, you go off and do it 10 right. times in yeah. a weekend so, or something like that. There you go again with your belief systems whatever you believe that's what you create in your life so anyway and not to get on that rampage but for me that's part of my process I believe that I need to make a strong stand on this about addiction not being a disease and my program and what I believe is a process that will enable you to overcome your addictions heal your trauma and reprogram your subconscious mind and it's a journey it's a lifelong journey so that's 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 what I'm gonna be. That's the work I'm doing the rest of my life. You know, this is gonna this is gonna be my legacy. That's awesome. And um, and my is vision so is to be global. Cool. My vision is to actually coach people to coach people with this process. You know, to be able to have a certification where they can do this work and have this platform, Hi. and you know, that's uh, and then have places, uh, cities that have the. Um, the resources to have a place where there's a platform with a gym and yoga and healthy food and where people can hang out and come together that, um, you know, are, are you know, on the same path and working through. And, and it doesn't have to be labeled as you have, you know, it doesn't have, it's not about you being an addict to be there either. Right. So, um, but just that place in your community that people that are working through and growing and together and to have that create, to have that space, you know, and, um, because I think that, the brain and the body, I mean, it's all connected and, and we all know this and it's coming out more, but you know, I don't, you know, I'm a firm believer It's like, you know what, science doesn't need to prove everything, guys. I mean, we know it in our hearts, we know it in our souls, <laughs> you know, right. I mean, th- th- that's another thing with today. It's like, if science doesn't prove it, you know, it's like, well, you know, some things don't have to be proven. You just feel better, you know, you're, you're growing, you've, you've evolved, you're transforming your life, you're doing these certain things. I mean, it works for you, right? That's all that matters.
2: You have no one to prove it to except all right, so, yourself.
1: All right, guys. Oh, yeah. Of course, we didn't even talk about fatherhood and all that stuff, but we've been going on for a lot of good stuff. I was.
2: Uh, I'm looking but, at my so, notes. Well, we yeah, we got about uh, we got about ten minutes here. I'd love. Well, I'd love to dive I into feel that like with that you. Was
1: my biggest gift, other than my recovery, was you know my son yeah. and being able to break the generations of abuse and addiction in my family, because Mm -hmm. when I track back, I mean, I come from, you know, my dad was Irish Catholic, a logical father. And so there's just generations trauma and addiction. I was able to, you know, break that chain. I was able to give my son a loving, supportive childhood. Um, And the relationship where they have him today at 19 is beyond anything I could dream of. I mean, we have such a bond. Um, and that, that's, amazing. you know, that alone, just being able to experience that, which I didn't, it wasn't even on my, my list, right. I didn't think, I didn't even know, was I going to get married? Yeah. Was I going to have a family? Um, but I did, you know, and that was because of my recovery my spiritual journey and my healing journey to loving myself that allowed me, that gave me the opportunity to, to have that. And, um yeah so i mean i really that's it's huge and for anyone out there that was like me you know just struggling with you know relationships and um you know it's it's possible and you can you know with the right tools and the right mind you can um you can have a awesome experience uh with your kids you know you can break that chain because most of people that have been abused um continue the abuse That's what they know. That's what they give what they got. You give what you got. So I was able to go through enough healing 10 years before um, I had my son. And so um, that was, you know, as I said, my greatest gift. And also being able to be there when um, my ex-wife was sick with MS in Hawaii and, um, you know, being able to take responsibility for our family and to do all the right stuff and eventually move us from Hawaii to here, and, uh, you know, without losing my mind, right? <laughs> now, again, it's, yeah, wow. Know, it's a whole other yeah. kind of battle. And then at toughness. 40 years old, pretty much starting business all over, walking down and handing out cards at Starbucks in the community, and just Sean cases is who I am, what I do, you know? And, you know, and now <laughs> the last 11 years, I've been, uh, I've had this successful uh, business right in downtown Bellevue and doing incredible work so you know there's (laughs) you're always going to be challenged but if I didn't have the tools that I've had in my my journey and I just I wouldn't be able to um, be where I am today Um, and then of course continuing to move forward with um, my my gift my vision of uh, the gift of addiction to bring to uh, bring to the world you know I always say we all have that gift within us and you know, it's not so much about me, you know, I was reminded this by a mentor of mine and he said, you know, it's not the work isn't about you, man. It's, it's about it's about the people, man. It's about the people that you're that are waiting for you. You know, it actually kind of brings me to tears, man. Oh, yeah. It's just you know, it's huge and when you know you have that responsibility within you, man, it's you know, it's it's yeah. you got to do it. You can't run from it. You can but I always say, what's my biggest fear? My biggest fear is like not being you know, living long enough to to get this out and to live this, you know. And that's that's my truth right there. So, that's so powerful, man. You have no idea
2: how many people you're already impacting, brother. Like you, um, it's crazy, and you you hit the nail on the head. Like I got a message. I put a video up about it yesterday, and this lady um, randomly messaged me and messaged me a video of her son playing some music and she's like uh, I had no clue who she was and she was like he unfortunately um, took his life oh, earlier yeah, this month yeah. and she messaged me she was like he used to forward me all the stuff you wrote and you, you all posted over the past like year like it really resonated wow. with him. and I was like oh my <laughs> gosh and I was like my first thought was damn he
0: never reached out I never spoke to him he never reached out one time like i you know, like man you know whatever that this light work that i feel like we all especially you listen to your story man that this it's such a responsibility it's such a responsibility it's so much bigger than just you know it's, it's it's it is about us but it's about the impact we're gonna make on other people there's people that lives literally lives you're gonna save that you don't even know yet you have no clue and there's people you're impacting just by making these beautiful ripples into the universe um uh, and it's so
1: important, man. It's such a responsibility. You're so right. right. Hey, David. Um, the sound went off a little bit with how you were speaking. I don't know if you were in the microphone or not. Oh no, no, no. Uh, did you catch
0: this? Yeah, I, I heard the, you. The lady it was that just, me? the
1: sound was just a little nasal. So I don't know if it was. Uh, oh, I heard. I... No, I appreciate that. I heard it. I mean, I heard what. Yeah, can you hear yeah, me Everything's now? good. Thanks. Uh, okay, cool. Was, cool, man. It yeah, no, We got about two. Yeah, oh, geez, unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately
0: he did. Unfortunately I I never never spoke to me, never reached out, but apparently it resonated, and it just made me think like, man, this purpose is so freaking oh, important, yeah. and it's so much bigger than our ego. It's so much bigger than our fear of like putting it out there, and taking a risk. It's like literally going to be saving people's right. lives, like they don't even right. know it yet. Helping them heal themselves so right. they can save other people's lives. Why do we love- why we were oh right yeah here. like this is what we well, we're well that's here it here. and that's you know? that's how yeah. I feel
1: like my purpose is is to be a catalyst for people to start their inner journey and to find their gift and to live it I mean that's it is it's just giving people the that's
4: amazing huh?
1: that, oh, that's yeah, amazing. Well, yeah. Awesome. so anyway I thank you so much guys for having me on again and uh you know I hope for your listeners we, we covered you know some good stuff and um yeah I look forward to uh watching your success and thing, grow your uh, business podcast and whatever else you're growing.
0: <laughs> awesome, man. Hey, you too, brother. We're so honored to be uh, listening to you before you freaking take off and ah. go global. Don't forget about us, people. Whenever we go, uh, we're in the uh, world, well, all
1: right? No, we'll stay connected. <laughs> we'll stay connected, guys. Um, love you guys and absolutely. look forward to... Okay, bye-bye.
0: Have a good, happy healing, man. Happy happy healing. I like that.